This is Womb, the podcast that celebrates the power of rebirth. I'm your host, Nova Cobbin, and on this show, we'll hear from amazing women who dared to rediscover who they are. Women who reignited long-lost passions, took bold leaps of faith, and reimagined their futures in ways they never thought possible. Each week, we'll be inspired by the stories of strength, courage, and resilience. Stories that remind us it's never too late to start anew. There are always second chances, new beginnings, and opportunities for rebirth. So join us as we explore the journeys of phenomenal women who reinvented themselves and created the lives they've always dreamed of. Welcome to Womb Rebirth. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the new episode. I am Nova Cobbin and I am talking today to Sarah Walker, who is going to tell us her rebirth story, which is um, an amazing story. I'm really excited to hear more about it, Sarah. So your story, Sarah, started quite a long time ago. Where would you like to take us to to start this story? Okay, so um, I'm now 49 years old. And um, when I was in my sort of late 30s, I was quite overweight. Um, I was working very, very hard in our family business around having the children as well. Um, I was eating quite unhealthily, drinking quite a lot of alcohol. And um, I, as I approached my 40s, um, I decided that I would train to run the London Marathon. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And just wanted to get around, just did that. You know, you just do that thing. Um, then from there, it sort of started to become a bit of a sort of what else can I do to kind of change things, kind of shift around a little bit. Um, I decided in 2015 to go vegan. Mm -hmm. So stopped eating eating meat. And I saw quite a, a, a sort of shift in, I think it was things to do with my brain, really. Things sort of calmed down a little bit. Um, and then the next thing that I, I discovered was um, a, a thing called One Year No Beer. And that was yeah. an organisation that I joined to stop drinking. And that that was a huge game changer for me, because at the beginning of that journey, they they said, OK, you've got to sign yourself up to a physical challenge. After this 90 days of giving up drinking, you've got to do a physical challenge. So I, I signed up to a crazy Spartan race, which is one of these like muddy running through the forest, running through. Oh, my God. And I, if, I mean, I, I didn't I don't like running anyway. I've just done the marathon <laughs> a couple of years before. Why on earth would I want to go running again? Um, I hate cold. I hate the mud. I hate getting wet. So it was a huge challenge for me. Really, really massive challenge. But I did it. And then it was kind of, OK, what's the next thing? So then a group of us went off and we walked um, a load of mountains. So we we walked, we hiked up Snowdon. We did the three peaks in Yorkshire. And it was just those on those journeys that I got to meet some really incredible people and have some wonderful conversations. And things just started to kind of just just little things sort of come into your brain that, you know, someone makes a comment or says something about something or other and you kind of go, oh, OK, so that's just there now in the back of my mind, bubbling away. Um, and then the next thing that I did was in 2019, I um, I lost 50 pounds in weight. Um, wow. So it's about three and a half stone in quite a short period of time about five or six months it took me wow. um, and I did that yeah it, well I did it in quite a radical way and um, there's this thing called bright line eating BLE 
and it's an American born born program where it's really talking about food as an addiction Mm -hmm. and because we have to eat you know if you if you drink or smoke or take drugs then you can absolutely abstain but obviously with food we all have to eat mm-hmm. so there are these things called bright lines that you have that are rules around your eating so there's three meals a day no snacking in between you weigh and measure everything and the weight literally just piled just piled off <laughs> not wow. piled on it melted away and what what BLE did for me was really took away any of the um, decision-making process to do with food. So I was, because I had a prescribed, this is what I'm going to eat every day. And I still do it now as well, which is why I've kept the weight off. So yeah, no sugar, no flour. Um, and and yeah, so, so that's kind of the weight thing. Then I was, <clears throat> during all of this, sort of listening to podcasts, you know, back in the day when I was walking the mountains with all these wonderful people and they're going, oh, have you heard of so-and-so? Have you heard of Rich Rolls? Have you heard of, you know, all these different people? And I would stick my headphones in and just listen to binge listen to podcasts of like, I can't think of anyone specifically, but just all the self-development kind of stuff, just just taking it all in and talking about habit stacking I mean what was what is habit stacking I'm kind of like what what's that all about um so then I started to implement some of the stuff um and just things started shifting and I have to say around sort of uh about the same sort of time that I started to lose the weight um I could see cracks appearing in my relationship with my husband and um really tried really hard to you know talk about stuff and try and patch things up try and make things better um but ultimately um as we went into lockdown in 2020 i decided actually this this isn't you know this isn't really going to work mm-hmm. um so i moved out of the family home with my two daughters we literally just picked up our possessions and left we, we left you know just left everything everything there just took our personal things um and during the last, so that was three years ago, and really this last three years has been a massive, massive development for me. This, I've described it as my kind of unfurling of a peony. You know, the peony's really oh. tight when it's tiny like this, and then and then it sort of unfurls. And that's kind of how I felt. Um, and sort of peeling back the layers of, 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 of the last sort of, you know, 20 years of a relationship um, had really opened my eyes to the person that I had become and the person that I wanted to be about what are we thinking so early 2023 um so earlier this year if you're now listening in 2023 um my husband and I had come to an agreement that on the 28th of April that was the date that things were going to be settled for our divorce in the financial situation and 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 things were going to really be you know signed off so I bought myself a one-way ticket to the south of France and on the morning of the 28th of um, April I set off um into London with a huge backpack and some walking poles and (laughs) hiking boots. And I got the train down to Paris, swapped trains, went across on the Metro, got a fast train all the way down to the South of France, during which I was emailing my solicitor, just checking, making sure everything was going through. 
and I got to a place called St. John Pierre de Port. And if anybody knows what I'm about to say, St. John Pierre de Port is the starting point of the Camino de Francis, which is the Camino de Santiago, which is the a, a hike from the south of France across the Pyrenees into northern Spain, and you walk all the way across northern Spain to the cathedral at Santiago. Mm, I know it, yeah. <laughs> and when I got to St. John, I got into my hostel because you were sleeping in you know, these hostels, um, set my backpack down, went into the town to, to get myself a meal and my email pinged and it was late in the afternoon and my solicitor emailed to say, it's all done, you're free. Amazing. So I started the walk. The very next morning I got up and walked and walked for 35 days and slept in a different bed every night and walked for about six or seven hours every day. And it was like therapy on steroids. Mm -hmm. I had so much time inside my head to just process everything, you know, process the last 20 years of the marriage and the relationship and then process the last three years of, of this what was essentially uh, quite a nasty battle if I'm honest and by the time I got to the end I had done a lot of screaming into the mountains a lot of wailing a lot of crying mm -hmm. a lot of sore feet yes <laughs> sore knees um yeah so it was a huge physical challenge but really for me it was a massive mental challenge um and by the time I got to the end um got to the cathedral which was amazing and then I hired a car with a couple of friends that I'd, I'd met along the way and we um went to Finisterre which is a bit like the Spanish um version of John O'Groats it's like the end of end of the um end of the earth uh -huh. and we walked into the sea and just that was it it was done and wow. I just felt I was like way <laughs> a free woman wow incredible I mean so, that's yeah. that's a real kind of metaphorical and literal we rebirth what you've just described especially the kind of symbolic getting in the water at the end and coming out feeling free yeah amazing amazing yeah so <sighs> Thank you so much. I mean, that sounds in utterly incredible. And I know that walk and that pilgrimage because it's it's a pilgrimage, right? Um, and it's something that I very much would like to do myself at some point. Um, I would I would love to. I would love to. And I think you're right. It kind of those kind of big walks or big challenges or big pieces of time where you're actually able to just focus on you allows so much therapy to happen inside your head or just in just as a kind of it's just a catalyst I think for being able to see things differently and see things in a new way and see yourself in a new way because you're literally changing as you go on those adventures and as you go on those challenges yeah completely I actually documented it as well on my personal um, Instagram um, which 
I so every morning, every morning when I woke up, I would go live on Instagram. And because of the, the time difference, we were like an hour ahead and I was getting up super early anyway. The only person that was on there was my mum because oh. she gets up really early. So it was like my mum and I were just having a chat. It was like, hi, mum. How are you? Yeah, I didn't sleep very well last night. There was some old man snoring or there was, you know, <laughs> something happened. And yeah, so just kind of just having a chat with my mum, which was really nice. Um, and then all the all the way through the day, I was just taking photographs. And then every night when I got or every afternoon when I reached the um, the albergue, which is the hostel, I would sit there on my on my bunk and I would I would put together a reel of sort of like this is where I walked from. This is where I walked to today. This is how many kilometers it was. This is how long it took. And then I would just write a blurb about, you know, how I felt. And it was really lovely to have these wonderful people that I had um got on my Instagram sort of you know following and 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 then there was a couple of mornings when perhaps I was walking with some other people and I didn't go live and then I was getting messages like where are you are you okay is everything all right and and that was really quite uh, quite nice to know and, and reassuring that there were people people with me along the way I actually got ill as well oh, I got ill about maybe 10 days in and I was really really poorly and I but I just kept walking every single day but I was oh it was hideous I if I was at home I would have just been on the sofa for three or four days just you know but um I just kept walking just kept walking kept walking and yeah it was um it was nice and reassuring to have people people along the way with me um yes yeah supporting me yeah absolutely that sense of connection to people I imagine when you're doing something like that just feels extra kind of special and 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 an extra a connection that maybe you didn't have before was formed during that time yeah absolutely as, especially you know off uh, offline as well you know I made I made some amazing friends along the way because it's you know it's, I went on my own I didn't do it as part of a group tour there were there are people that you know people there are companies out there that do group tours so if you're scared to go on your own and you think you're you know you don't want to do it on your own you can join a group but I just went on my own uh, and met and met some really amazing people actually and it was on my birthday so I actually celebrated my 49th birthday whilst I was on the walk and I was just oh. starting to feel a bit better from my my being sick and being ill and um, I had that day met a couple of girls one from Colorado Mm-hmm. Rachel she owns a bakery in Colorado she's really cute uh-huh. and a lovely lovely lady called Cassie from Australia from Melbourne and we were sitting eating ice cream at the end of our of our walk and um that day and I sort of said yeah it's my birthday tomorrow and then Rachel got up and left I was like okay well, where's she go oh, I'm going to the ATM she said I'm going to the ATM so she went <laughs> off and then she came back with this little backpack about this big that um, because when you're on the walk, you you either carry all of your stuff. So for the first 20 days, I was carrying everything. So I had like a, a huge 35 litre rucksack with all my kit in it. And because I was poorly and I was carrying my own backpack, they went off and bought me a little day pack because one of the things you can do is you can actually get your your big bag sent on to the next um, albergue if you know where you're staying. And oh, they said, it's your birthday tomorrow. Send your bag on. You can you can have a treat. Um, so, Aww. yeah, it was so, so sweet of them to get me. Yes. And then on my birthday, I walked with the girls and, and that was that. And yeah, we walked every day together. 
after oh, that. Lovely. Although some days we all, because we all had our own things that we were sort of processing, we would we would say, actually, I'm going to walk on my own today and see you at see you at the next you know the next stop, and we we meet up and we kind of go, how was that? And you know, some days we'd be like, oh my god, that was just awful. I processed so much stuff from childhood or so much stuff from you know, but it was just so lovely to have those connections and I'm now my best of friends with them we we message each other all the time and actually next month I'm going to Australia to visit Cass and I'm oh, hoping lovely. next year I hope next year to go to Colorado to ski with Rachel as wonderful. well wonderful oh my goodness that sounds so lovely and such a thoughtful thing to do with the little backpack as well I know they're so sweet <laughs> so sweet girls Okay, I'm really interested in kind of how rebirths come about, like why we decide or why things fall into place where that can happen. And what I tend to find when I'm working with people is that it comes either as a result of a big change or something changes in you and that changes everything else. And it sounds a little bit like you, um, so when, when I did my therapy training, right, we trained for three years and, and it was very intense. You have to do a lot of work on yourself and you change a lot in that period of time. And one of the things that I was warned about when I started training, which was a good 20 or 20 odd years ago, um, and also I was in a totally different relationship then, was that as you go through the training, because you will change, often your relationships will change and because you will sort of outgrow them essentially. Um, and so sometimes, a bit like in your story, you start working on yourself, something changes, something you decide to make a change, or just something changes subconsciously. But then because you've changed, it means that you don't respond to things in the same way. And, and things that were once comfortable become uncomfortable, and you see things in a different way and want to make more changes. So can you tell us a little bit about sort of what that looked like for you? Did you consciously decide to change something or did you just kind of get fed up one day and decide to lose some weight? How did it kind of, was it conscious or subconscious for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, as a woman kind of, almost, you know, coming into your, I'm going to be 40 in a minute and something's got to give, you know, I'm, I think I was just in a sort of place of, I just I just felt like something needed to to happen something needed to change um yeah I was just I was just pretty sort of fed up with what was going on really for me being I just I'm and sort of looking at the future as well I think when you get to that sort of age you start to reevaluate you start to think about well what is this going to be like in you know children starting to to leave leave home and they weren't at that point they're still fairly I have one older daughter who was who was leaving school and then the other one was six years younger so she wasn't quite there but it was just those those thoughts come into your head about well what is this going to look like in 10 15 20 years you know what is retirement going to look like um can I see myself still doing the things I'm doing now later and and I think I was yeah I was I was sort of in an in an unhappy place really and I just thought well the only person that's going to change that is me. You know, I can't, I'm not asking, no one else is going to be able to do that for me. And it was just those little incremental changes that once I kind of got used to one thing, it was like, well, where's the next thing? And what's the next thing? And what else could I change? And, well, maybe if I do that, then 
was just see, you know, we're just every, I just treated everything like an experiment. It wasn't like, oh, that thing is going to change my life. That thing is going to make an improvement at all. It wasn't like that at all. It was just, let's just experiment and see whether this particular thing that that person on that podcast is recommending, whether it does make a difference. So I have to say the one thing I don't like is the cold showers. That's one thing I don't do. <laughs> So I tried that experiment and that's a no thanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you won't find me, not yet. I won't say never, but I don't think you'll find me plunging into an ice cold bath and doing that because I don't, I don't, well, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but each thing that I tried and I liked, I thought, oh, that's good. I'll keep doing that then. So, so now, for example, you know, I have this whole morning routine, which people think is crazy. You know, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. I do this amazing thing called Breath Pod, which um, is this great thing that I found on Instagram in lockdown. And um, this wonderful, wonderful guy called Stuart Sandiman, who does Breath Pod. And he's all over Instagram. And he's um, he's actually a Radio 1 DJ as well. Does this amazing thing called the Decompression Session, which is on um, BBC Sounds. Um so I do that every morning. And even if he's not doing it live on Instagram, it's all on his IGTV. So you can go through the series and you can pick out any of the breath works that you, he does. So I do that every morning for half an hour. I also do 20 minutes of transcendental meditation every morning. Mm -hmm. I have a journal that I write in after that. So just scroll and scroll and scroll. It's kind of free writing yeah. where I just brain dump anything and everything. Sometimes it might just be half a page. Sometimes it might be four or five pages. Just depends on what's you know needing to be dumped out of my brain. And I love, I love that. It's just such a great way of just getting it all out. Um, I also then do yoga. So I, I do um, yoga on YouTube with Yoga with Adrian. And I love mm -hmm. that every morning. Um, and then I take my dog. So I got, I got, I got a puppy um, about 18 months ago and oh. he's just adorable. So I take him for a nice long walk in the park, getting my fresh air. Um, and I put my feet on the ground, you know, make sure that even in the winter when it's icy cold, just going out in the garden um, first thing in the morning with the dog. And I just oh it's that that's the only ice cold thing that I will do actually mm -hmm. but it's it's grounding you know getting a beat on the ground that sort of thing um yeah what else do I do in the mornings I mean that's a lot I do that before yeah. I kind of you know yeah <laughs> before I have my shower it's great um and that just really stands me in good stead then for the rest of the day. It's like a sort of right, I'm now set up for the day. And, I, and I'm and i really lucky that because I work for myself now, um, well, I had my own business with my husband before, but that was in an office and we had set times that we needed to be there. I, I'm now free to kind of work whenever I, I, I feel like I can as well. So I prepare myself and get myself ready for work. And if it's not if it's not happening, if I don't feel it, then I can just go and lie on the sofa and, you know, curl up for half an hour or, or just sleep if I need to during the day. So um, I'm, I'm really lucky in that respect that I have that. But I've created this for myself. You know, I've, I've really this is the life that I've created. I remember when I left when I left my husband, I said I wanted freedom, peace, calm and quiet. And I just kept writing that every day in my journal. Those are the things that I want. That's the things. And I've literally created exactly that. I really have. Wow. 
And is that because all of the sort of holistic things that you're doing now, which I love and, and very much kind of subscribe to, is that something that was already in you? Like you were already naturally drawn to that or this is part of your rebirth? Yeah, this is part of it. Absolutely. There's no way. I mean, I was one of those people like, what on earth is that all about? There's no, you know, five o'clock in the morning. Are you joking? You know, I'd be the one who'd have my alarm set on my on my phone and I'd be snoozing it every every five minutes to try and, you know, sleep in. And I'd be up watching, binge watching Netflix and series, you know, and, you know, when it goes on to that next episode, I wouldn't mm-hmm. you know, I'd just keep going and find myself at one o'clock in the morning still watching something. That was what I used to be. And I would, you know, be drinking, not drinking it all, all the time and every night, but I'd sort of be drinking at the weekends because it would be downtime and I need to, you know, having a, having a drink and, and to switch off and, and to kind of numb reality, I guess. Um, That's what I sort of used alcohol for. And when I sort of took, when I took the things away that were, um, I took a, I hate to say poison, but alcohol is poison. Sugar is poison. Flour is poison really. And once you take away those things, the brain can become, I I felt in my experience, my brain just became so much clearer. Mm-hmm. And and then it also, so it left this kind of space in my brain for then other things to, to replace those thoughts and mm-hmm. other things to come in that were, okay, so I'm not hungover in the morning. So actually, why don't I get up early and go for a walk? Why don't I get up early and go for a bike ride? You know, what, and then so as I started gradually, gradually just drip feeding these things in mm. and and my family, they were funny, actually, you know, they would sort of say, oh, now what's she doing? Or what's the next thing she's got? And it was it was sort of this ongoing joke of like, oh, here she goes again. What, what you know, what's it going to be now? And some people might say, oh, it was a fad or, you know, just trying things, trying things out. I think I got a bit of criticism actually I did but then I think that that's from other people that's that's mirror that's that's their issue I think Mm -hmm. is that the criticism of like when I stopped drinking I'd had a really good friend and we used to spend quite a lot of time with her her and her husband and the family and as soon as I stopped drinking she just dropped me and I remember my husband coming back from he'd been out one night um after I'd stopped drinking I didn't oh I didn't always I didn't stop going out but he'd gone out without me and he said um oh yeah I bumped into so-and-so tonight and um I said oh right how how is she I haven't seen her for ages and he said yeah she doesn't trust you anymore because you don't drink Interesting. so yeah and I was I was really hurt and upset and for about a year after I, I'd sort of reach out periodically and kind of go how are you I hope everything's all right and and I really felt hurt because I thought we had a really nice and good friendship. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I just thought, you know what? It's it's not me. This is this isn't my fault. This is this is her her issue that she has, and I can't. If she's not ready to to have a conversation or to face whatever it is that's that's going on with her, then I'm just going to have to let that go. Yeah. And and the friendship went, which I feel is a real shame. But yeah, I did get um, yeah criticism. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right that a lot of people, when we start to make changes or we want to make changes, are very quick to want us to stay the same because, of course, they benefit from us staying the same. 
and they potentially lose if we make a change that doesn't include them or they don't want to go on that journey a little bit like your friend it's kind of like well our friendship is actually based on and around our social drinking so without that in place then you know what's left and I think that when it comes to making big changes, especially if we're kind of consciously trying to make big changes in our lives, that other people can really stand in the way. That can be a real blocker to wanting to, to continue with that change, especially if you're not getting any good feedback around it and people are just going, oh, here we go again, or, you know, oh, what do you think you're doing this time? And it's yeah. people then stay the same. And, and the, the risk of staying the same is that you never get what you actually really want. And for a lot of people, there's too much to lose. And I, I totally understand that there's too much to lose. And I think, you know, you mentioned 40 was a sort of time when you started to think about that. And I think you're right. You know, 40 was a big turning point for me as well, just kind of like reconsidering a lot of things. But at the same time, by the time you've got to 40, there are a lot of things in place that you don't necessarily want to lose. So we've kind of mm. got this double-edged sword, where, which is where it's great making changes when you're younger because everything's a lot more fluid. But at the same time, we often don't get a real revelation around how we're living our lives until we've got to a sort of midpoint where we're like, well, hang on, I've got the rest to go. How do I want that to look? So I yeah, think yeah. Often, often get caught up around between 40 and 50, I think tends to be an age where I've noticed a lot of people either become stuck or make big changes. Yeah, I mean, some call it the midlife crisis, yes. but um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it could have, you could call it that if you like, but for me, yeah, I just, and you're absolutely right, you know, we, we had, when I think about what, what we had created as a, as a unit, you know, not only did I, was I married and we owned a property together, we also owned other properties that we had that we rented out, we had our shop that we owned we owned our business together so for me this was a huge huge decision and that was massively impactful and it was it was weighing that up it was okay I'm literally standing on this kind of cliff edge if I jump I'm going to leave leave back and I'm going to lose all of these things you know I, I not only did I leave my husband and my relationship and my home but I left my business you know I had to reinvent my whole you know career I think if if I if I'd had a job working somewhere else then it would have been you know not not quite as I mean of course it's a big decision but you know literally everything was having to change every single aspect of my whole life was was having to change because of the decision to to leave um but then I embraced it because I think I'd done, you know, I'd had that sort of build up of a few years of confidence of actually going, well, hang on a minute. I am capable. I can do hard things. You know, I, 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 I can. It's all going to be OK. Yes. And, and to be able to. I th Did I really think that three years ago when I left? I know I was absolutely crapping myself mm -hmm. because I just didn't know what was on the other side but I just had to trust that something better was was coming because I was unhappy I was so unhappy in that situation and so unhappy with the thought of what was coming mm -hmm. for my future that I just thought I, I'm the only person who's going to be able to do anything about this nobody else around me is going to change in the 
in the ways that are then going to not make me happy because no one else can make you happy. But I just thought this is now the time when I have to, I have to jump. I have to take this leap because if I don't, this is what I'm going to continue with. And this is not what I'm happy with. So I'm the, I have to make my own way. I have got, I've got to create my own future. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think you made a really important point around the fact that you already had some proof that change could be beneficial and you were already doing things that were building your resilience, building your strength, building your, um, you know, all of the things that would enable you to feel like taking that leap was something that you could do and to have faith in yourself and to trust yourself to be able to do that. And I think that that's something that people sometimes want to skip or that they skip. And that's when they kind of fall is that they haven't done small changes that have mm. just kind of proved to themselves that I can do this. Like I already did that. This is just an extension of that. So let me just do that a little bit more or let yeah. me do that thing that I did over here. Let me try it in this area of my life because I've already, it's a success here. So let's try it there. Mm. Um, and I think that if you want to make a change, it's really beneficial to do those small things in between. It doesn't have to take a lot of time either, right? Yeah. You know, you can make small changes and build your resilience relatively quickly. Yeah. And um, it just takes one thing, just yeah. takes one thing to start. So I, I, I remember, I remember working with somebody who had a kind of, kind of fizzy drink every single day. Mm -hmm. And I remember challenging her to swap that for water and to she she thought it was a massive deal for her this was a really really big thing because she was she was saying oh you know, I'm unhappy I'm, I'm you know a bit this or bleh. and I just I just said just make one change pick a change what could you give up what could you swap out in your life that could just be one tiny thing that actually isn't such a big a, you know a big thing and and so overwhelming that oh my gosh I need to change my whole life so we, we just picked that she would rather have that kind of of soft soda mm -hmm. <laughs> um she would swap it out and have water and she said it really made a big change mm -hmm. after that period of time so and then she was spurred on like you're saying it's like oh what else can I do oh I'll do this I'll do that so that's that's all I've done really is just make little incremental changes and then and then to be able to have the clarity to then make some decisions that are slightly bigger and slightly scarier so if anybody is listening to this podcast, which I'm sure, you know, it's so inspirational. I, I think that if if you, I would urge people just to make one little change today. What could you do in your life? One tiny little change and just see where that takes you. And you never know, you might end up walking the Camino. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, the whole thing with, you know, identity is so important to me in, in, in the work that I'm doing. And it just, even a small change changes the way that you see yourself. And if it changes the way that you see yourself, then suddenly the whole world is an open opportunity for you. Yeah. Because you've been able to make a difference to the way in which you are perceiving your capabilities or who you are or what your potential is or all of, it opens up a world when you yeah. just make a small change. And it sounds, yeah. you know, it sounds like that can't possibly be true. But it is because one change leads to another and they get bigger and, 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 and more impactful each time. Yeah, 100%. Well, it has been 
fun, a wonderful, wonderful hearing your story. I'm really kind of buoyed up by the idea of, of doing the, the same walk. I can't at the moment, my, I've got two children. One is 18 and, and uh, on his way, but the other's four. So uh, a little bit of time before I can do that, but it's definitely- Well, you know, you know, you can do it in stages. You don't have to do it all at once. You oh, don't I have to take 35 days. Yeah. To, in order for you to get your Compostela, your certificate to say that you've walked the Camino, you only have to do the last 100 kilometres. So I did 800 kilometres, mm -hmm. but you only have to do the official, the sort of 100, which I think takes about five, yeah, about five days to do. So you could just take a little five day long weekend oh. and just do just do that one and see how you go. Um, and in fact, when I first got to St. John Pierre de Port, there was a lady started with me and she just went from St. John over the Pyrenees into Spain and left me at Pamplona. So she only did, I think, five days. Yeah, so you can you can you can do it in little bits. How I did, did you do not that? know that. Wow. OK, well, that's uh, that's become more of a realistic opportunity now. Great. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> absolutely. And just start with one walk. Go where you know, wherever you live, go to the Chilterns, go to North Yorkshire, go to the lakes for a weekend and just walk, walk a mountain. Yeah. Starts with one walk. Go yes. for a walk in the park. Starts with one walk. Have you read the Salt Path or heard of the? Salt I don't path? read actually, Nova. I don't. I don't read, um, but I've listened to books, so I, I I would listen to that. Well, the Salt Path for for anyone listening who's interested, uh, and uh, obviously go and check out your story on Instagram as well, and we'll link people into that. Um, but the Salt Path, I believe that's what it's called, is about a couple who decided to go walking. Um, I think basically they gave up their home, um, they gave up all their possessions, and they walked. And he, the husband, had alzheimer's um and it made an incredible difference to him um like a world of difference to his alzheimer's um i'm not sure if i'm getting the details exactly right um it's hard to remember but it was just a beautiful story of them using walking as therapy as transformation as kind of re-identifying um, and just is, is a beautiful and incredible story. And, and yours really reminded me of that, actually, because the power of going on a journey, like it's a perennial kind of myth mythological sort of like thing that we have as human beings is like this journey. And, and that can be like a, a metaphorical thing or an actual like take yourself on a journey, go for a walk. Um, and I think it's really powerful. And I think it's kind of lived on through the ages because of the power of it. So a really important story. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to link everybody into uh, Sarah's social media so that you can go and check her out. And I will try and get links to all of the things that you've mentioned in case people are interested. I know that Rory's no one year no beer. Um, I can link you into that. Um, yeah. And Breath Pod that you mentioned as well, because I think people will want to go and find out more about that. So yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Sarah. Amazing. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not download the Womb app? It's going to help you to understand what a rebirth is and how to have one for yourself. Join in the chat rooms, download the materials and programs and get monthly coaching and monthly networking, all for the price of $6.99 a month. Download now in the App Store or Google Play Store.